Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. What's up, y'all? It's your boy David with Blackwell Renaissance, and I'm here today to tell you guys about Anchor. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it's the best place to make a podcast. Anchor is a free app that has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast straight from your phone. Anchor also distributes your podcast across all major platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. You can also make money on your podcast with Anchor with no minimum listenership. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you're looking to get started on your own podcast, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. Are you looking to sell or buy your home or looking for an investment property? Look no further. BlackWealthRenaissance.com offers a free realtor directory with realtors located across the country to help you meet your goals. Just go to BlackWealthRenaissance.com and select Realtor Directory under Resources. That's BlackWealthRenaissance.com and select Realtor Directory under Resources. Thank you for listening to the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast. Our goal of this podcast is to normalize black wealth and share helpful resources and tips we believe will be useful in attaining and maintaining generational wealth. Please feel free to rate, review, and comment on our podcast. We would love to hear feedback from you guys. Now, let's get into the show. On this episode of the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast, we talk to Mr. Wes Ephon, a financial advisor from Flemington, New Jersey. A graduate of Rutgers University with a bachelor's degree in biological science, Wes also obtained his MBA in business strategy from the university's business school. He began his career as a relationship banker for J.P. Morgan Chase and left the firm after seven years to join New York Life Insurance as a financial services professional. During his tenure with New York Life, he was recognized by the firm for the value he provided to his clients and was acknowledged as one of the top professionals by the company. In 2018, Wes departed from New York Life and joined Allied Wealth Partners team based out of the firm's Martinsville, New Jersey office. Wes's approach with his clients is to provide them with structured and effective guidance, which will help lead them on the path to financial freedom. By helping them make informed and strategic financial decisions, he works hard to ensure that their financial goals and objectives will be met. Wes is just an all-around genuine brother who offers a lot of game that our culture needs to continue pushing forward. He drops a lot of helpful advice and knowledge that can be applied on your journey to financial prosperity on this episode. 
Now, without further ado, let's get to the show. Welcome, everybody, to episode 17 of the Black Wolf Renaissance Podcast. Your boy, David Bellard, one of the co-hosts of the, the podcast, checking in. <laughs> What's up, y'all? How y'all doing, man? It's Jalen checking in on the podcast. How y'all doing today? What's up, everybody? It's Kelly Rose checking in, checking in. Mm-hmm. What's good? What's good? It's Jared checking in. Today we have with us our guest, man, Smooth Brother Financial Advisor from uh, Flemington, New Jersey, by the name of Wes Eifen. How you doing, Wes? I'm doing great. How y'all doing? Oh, we're doing great, man. Thank you for coming on the show, bro. Hey, man, I'm glad to be here, man. Just, just trying to... Just trying to collect and 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 you know, just uh, collaborate with some some good brothers, man. You, y'all doing some great work, man, with this podcast. We appreciate you, bro. We really do. Like that's this is the goal. We just trying to spread the knowledge, spread the wealth, man. Because it's all go back to that abundance type of thinking. That's that's the the mission of Black Wealth Renaissance. We want us to think in abundance. Yeah. So yeah, definitely trying to just spread that knowledge and just teach anybody we can. That's what it's all about, man. It, it, when you have the knowledge, it's not just for us to just hoard for ourselves, man. You got to give it out. And uh, that, that's a good energy to have, man. So, you know, kudos to y'all, man. Y'all doing, like I said, a great job. I've listened to, you know, several of the episodes, man. Y'all got some, putting out some good work, man. Well, thank you, my you, brother. Man. Appreciate it, man. <coughs> um, so, yeah, the way we normally kick this off, we're just going to let you... Uh, Introduce yourself to the audience. Just tell them a little bit about yourself, a little bit of, about your background, you know, how you got started, what made you choose your uh, current career field. Okay, so um, the way I got started, right out of college, uh, I, I worked for a company, a financial planning company, but I think I wasn't ready for this kind of a career to be an entrepreneur. So I left and went into banking. And so I did banking for several years. And um, I got a lot of knowledge. I learned a lot. And then I started to figure out what it was that I really wanted to do. And, um, you know, really what ended up happening was I sort of outgrew being in the employee kind of mindset. And um, I needed to go and become an entrepreneur. And so it, it gave me the chance to do things that I could work with people one-on-one, really take my time to help people. Uh, specifically with their needs and their concerns. And so, um, yeah, I left, I left banking and, and, and went into uh, being an entrepreneur and haven't looked back since. So question, what, what gave you that, you know, that initial nudge to go get started? Cause I know, um, you know, listening to other podcasts and stuff like that, a lot of people don't like to leave that steady flowing check, you know, that, that I know every two weeks I'm getting paid. I'm gonna have enough to cover my bills. What made you take that nudge to go take that risk? Yeah, man, that's a great question. I, for, for me, the, the thing was, I knew leaving that check was going to be uncomfortable. Mm. Um, and especially when I had the conversation with my wife, it was like, look, this is, this is what I'm thinking. This is kind of the vision I have. And, you know, it was like looking at me crazy. Like, well, what are you going to do? What? <laughs> you going to leave this job? You're getting a salary? Like, we got bills. And so, but what prompted me was I, I already had a plan. And I think based on the plan that I had written out, uh, the, the vision I had for it, I, it, it helped me to feel comfortable to be able to make that leap. You know, because like you said, it's not, I mean, leaving a steady income is, is, is challenging, but I felt like I believed enough in the vision to be able to do it. 
Okay. I, I love that you said that, man. Yeah, man. And I know you said at the beginning you felt like you weren't ready. Why why you kind of felt like you weren't ready at at that point in time? Yeah. So out of college, I don't think I was ready because honestly, I didn't even know where I was going, like what I wanted to do. Um, you know, you graduate from college and you get a, a degree and, you know, you still living at home because I, I was living at home for a couple of years after college, like, you know, many of my friends did. And so I just didn't know what I wanted to do yet. So I, I jumped into something that was, you have your own autonomy, you, you're in control of your own time. And I didn't even have a handle on how to take care of a bill. So I was like, well, I had no business trying to run a business if I didn't even understand how to take care of my own car note, take care of my own car insurance, pay my own cell phone bill. So I, I figured I needed to get a steady job and learn how to budget understand how to take care of myself before I could, you know, branch out and start doing and taking care of a business. So that's why I didn't feel ready. And I love Man. that. I love that. That was powerful right there. I like I do want to touch on something because uh, I did read earlier that your, your degree is in biology and yeah. my degree is in biology. So I feel like there's a similarity <laughs> in that right there because you got a biology degree and I feel like maybe it's because the same reason that I got one was that uh -huh. like, Oh man, I'm not sure exactly what I want to do, but I could maybe be a doctor or something if I get this biology degree. So I'm just going to do that. Yeah. So my background is my, my family's originally from Nigeria. So when you're Nigerian, there's only three careers really that matter in, in a Nigerian household. It's a doctor, an engineer or a lawyer. And, uh, <laughs> Growing up, you know, it was like, yeah, you know, that's all you're going to do. You got to be a doctor. You got to be a doctor. And so going into college, I just assumed, let me get this biology degree because everybody wants me to be a doctor uh, until I figured out that I didn't want to be a doctor. So, <laughs> but I had this degree, so I had to figure out what I wanted to do. So, yeah, that's, that's why I got the biology degree. It was just because I was told I was supposed to be a doctor. <laughs> and how did your family react to you uh, leaving that biology field? trying to get into this business field Ooh, man uh <laughs> yeah no they weren't happy man they, they they were a little upset um because you know you got to look at it from the standpoint they spent all this money putting you through school thinking that you're going to go and do this one thing and then to find out that you're not going to actually go do it so they they weren't happy at first but you know after they got over the shock of me saying i wasn't going to go to med school um they just said look you got to figure out what you're going to do and um, you got to figure out what you're passionate about, what you're going to enjoy doing, and you got to go and work hard at it. So, yeah, man, it, it was it was a tough conversation at first, but eventually, <laughs> eventually we, we got over it. So, Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cut off? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Man, I, I like so much out of what you just said, like with the whole thing, just like uh, you basically, you know, you, you went in there, you were just like, I'm going to do this because this is what my parents want me to do. And then you experienced a pushback because you actually wanted to go do something that you were interested in. And then you also just still kept pushing to go do what you were interested in. And also you had, you know, once you did get that set career as far as getting a set check and you learned how to budget, you put the work in for the preparation. And then by the time you were ready to leave, you had a plan, you know, and you were already prepared for it. 
And I think that's just so cool because it's like a lot of people want to hop straight into the, into things and hop straight into their passion, but they don't want to get ready. They don't want to put the work into the preparation. Yeah. And, you know, I'll just add that one of the things I, I thought about was if I'm going to become an advisor and be independent, I should write a business plan as if I'm opening up a storefront. Ooh. You know, so I, I, I wrote I sat and wrote a business plan. And I had one of my mentors look at the business plan and just give me some feedback because I was like, even though I was going to go to an organization that was already structured for me to just just slide right in and start a business, I said I should still write a business plan because, you know, ultimately you're, you're still working for yourself and, and you got to have some kind of a strategy. And I like how you said you you did the storefront idea, though, because it also kind of put yourself in like what your clients would be doing. So you could kind of see from their eyes how you can help them. So that was, that's pretty cool, man. And that's that's pretty smart. Hey, man, yeah, I appreciate that. You know, I, I, I'll credit my dad for that. He, he always told me that preparation is is actually the, uh, you know, the key to success. And, you know. I know even God rest his soul, you know, he, he probably looking down, he's like, man, you know, I'm, I'm proud of my son for doing what he's doing. Um, so hopefully that's what, that's how he's feeling, you know, but um, it's uh, it, it was definitely something that was ingrained in me from a, a young age. So. Oh, that's pretty cool, man. And I, I like how you prepare though, but you also take action because you got a lot of people, they'll sit and they're prepared. They're prepared for their whole life. But by the <laughs> time they look up, all that preparation, they took no action. So they're still in the same, in the same spot that they started in. Yeah, that is so true. And, you know, taking action is something that even in my current field, I'm trying to help people do, you know, cause you can imagine people will come to me with all these goals they want to achieve financially. And I tell them I can come up with a financial plan for you, but if we don't move on it, if we don't take action, then you're not going to get there. So you know, you're absolutely 110% correct, man. Action is extremely important. After you prepare, you got to take action. I'm glad you mentioned your career too, Wes, because that's something we wanted to get into with you. So what made you decide to be a financial advisor? And just before even that, could you explain to some of our people what a financial advisor is and what do they do? Okay. So a financial advisor is somebody who is obligated. They're responsible for sitting down with people and understanding their financial goals, um, giving them an analysis of where they are right now in relationship to their goals, and then helping them to develop a plan to get to where they want to be. And so I think a financial advisor in a lot of ways is a coach and a motivator. Um, and they do have to have an understanding of what's going on in the markets and how it can affect what's going on with your own investments and you got to understand insurance and how that works and plays into your financial plan. And, you know, so it's a, a couple of different things, but, you know, like I said, it's just to, to summarize, it's really just the person that's a coach helping people to understand, you know, what they got to do to be able to achieve their financial goals. Okay. So, and, and, uh, what made you like want to go into that? Like once you're like, okay, biology is my thing. How did you figure out, okay, I want to do financial advising. Okay. Well, I mean, for me, it was, I, I took a class in college called money and banking. Okay. And when I took that class, I was so intrigued by what was going on in terms of how money works and, 
you know, when you realize that money kind of runs the world and you, you, you understand that if you don't understand how money works and what your relationship to money is, you know, you, you could do any career, but if, if you don't understand that money piece, you know, you, you're, you're setting yourself up for failure. So I got, I got introduced to the idea of money and banking in college. And then what, what got me to say, I want to be a financial advisor, it was kind of a, a roundabout way. So when I went on the interview and went to go to this financial advisory firm right out of college, it was a guy that recruited me at a job fair. And he was telling me like, Oh, you want to help people? Yeah. 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 Oh, do you, do you like money? Do you enjoy like just talking about money? Yeah, of course. So I got introduced to the financial advisor career from the guy who recruited me. Um, I didn't even know that that was a career. I just assumed that like, if I like money and banking, I should go work at a bank. Um, yeah. But he was the one who really introduced me to the idea of financial advisor as a career. Oh, that's pretty dope, man. And then, so I know like, especially within our community, a lot of people be like, man, I don't need anybody telling me how to manage my money. I got this. But we really don't understand money to as a way, whole yeah, as a community. Like, we don't have these conversations. So like, why would you say financial advising is important? And how do you get people to see this? You actually need, you need this type of coach because you said it's a coach. And even great players like LeBron James, st they still need coaches to help them when they succeed. So how do you like get people to see, yeah, you need a financial advisor? Yeah, I mean, so in our community, it's, it's tough because we don't, um, and I, I'm trying to remember, I think one of your previous guests talked about it. She said that we don't have these conversations around the kitchen table. You know, we get there during the holidays and we talk about everything else except for money and health. <laughs> you know, like we, yeah. we don't discuss any of those things. Like don't talk about money, don't talk about health. Uh, don't talk about funeral, I, you know, because we talk about health, I might die, you know, like, or, you know, they want, they don't want people in their business. And so we don't talk about it amongst ourselves. And I feel like because we don't talk about it amongst ourselves, that means we probably are in a situation where we need the coaching the most. And so, you know, I try to convince people that if, if, if you don't, if you don't plan then you, what you're essentially saying is that you are planning to fail. Mm. And, you know, um, we have to, we have to take seriously the idea that if you don't work with a coach and have somebody that, that is knowledgeable in that area to give you all the insight, because that's really what it is. I mean, most people who are uh, wealthy and, and successful in terms of building their own net worth, they, they have advisors and people who help them to know the ins and outs. And so we, we can't, like push that away and, and act as if it's not something that we should also use to our advantage, especially if you got people that look like you that's doing the, the, the career. I mean, I, I feel like if, if, if anything, you should probably gravitate to that and say, all right, well, this brother or this sister knows my, my circumstances. They understand my own constraints and the things that we deal with every day. And so maybe I should give them a chance to help me to do better for myself. And so that's really all it is. I just try to share with them that, you know, the, the most successful people, they have a coach and, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, we should do the same thing. I actually, I, I got a question about that. So I know you mentioned earlier that you had a, a mentor as well. Mm -hmm. um, 
so how did that process for you go as far as trying to find a mentor? Because like, I know just using us, for examples, uh, we were in Louisiana. I know Kelly's from Texas, but he was in Louisiana with us. And all of us kind of got introduced to this idea of financial freedom and financial literacy around the same time. But then it was kind of hard. We were in rural Louisiana, just to let y'all know. Uh, (laughs) Most of Louisiana rural. (laughs) Yeah, but yeah. So with that being said, it was kind of hard to find somebody in the space. So how does how did that process look for you as uh, trying to find a mentor and find somebody that you could genuinely work with that would teach you? You know, I I'll be honest. I was lucky because um, I was introduced to this person um, through my pastor. So that was really how I got introduced to the person as a mentor. Um, And you know, I I do think that. We, we definitely need to promote a culture of mentorship in, in, in the black community because um, there are a lot of us who are successful. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, I get frustrated with the narratives that we see on TV because it's like, you know, not everybody's out there doing wrong. Like most of us are doing really great things, you know, in different careers, whether it's in the financial field or, you know, you got people in, 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 you know, the law field or in the health services and things like that. You got a lot of people doing very well in those careers and we should just foster a, a culture of mentorship. I mean, if we think about it, that's really what our community was built on in the beginning. I mean, cause all we had was, <laughs> all we had was us. So we had to right. support one another and help each other. And so I think hopefully what's happening now is that we're starting to bring it full circle and we're starting to see more people do that, that whole mentorship thing. Um, but that's how I got linked up with my mentor. Um, I was just lucky that my pastor made that introduction and, uh, the brother was willing to be a mentor and to be like, Hey, listen, you got my number. If you ever have any questions, give me a call. If you need me to help you out with anything, let me know. And I think it's his willingness combined with, um, my pastor's willingness to make the introduction that got me that, you know, got me into that, um, that space. So. I do kind of want to go back to like the financial advising part. I know a lot of people, they, they hear a financial advisor and they think, Oh, I need to have all this kind of money for somebody even to hire somebody or even to part with partner with somebody to do it. Mm-hmm. What are some like affordable ways to try to get in a financial advisor or is it even affordable for most people? That is a great question. Um, part of why I went independent is because I wanted to create the platforms to allow um, those who wanted to work with a financial advisor to be able to. And so what I've done is I've made sure that I have um, subscription model, you know, where, you know, cause a lot of people think, Oh, I got to have thousands of dollars. Nah, man. Like we could do something on a monthly basis where every month you're just paying to have access to me. And, you know, other times I might even, if the person is really strapped and they're like, well, I, I can't do it. Sometimes I, I'll even just help them out and point them in the right direction. So I feel like, you know, even if I, even if that person can't do anything with me right now, if I at least help them establish a foundation, then that person will be willing to come back to me later on and be like, you know what, you helped me out to be able to get on the, on the right path. So now I'm in a position to work with you. So, you know, I'm ready to do this. And so I just, I try to make sure that I I give people options and you don't have to have, I mean, I tell people like all the time, I don't have minimums. There's a lot of companies that tell you, you got to have at least X amount to be able to invest with us. And I'm like, nah, 
I don't, I, I'm not doing that to anybody. I'm not turning anybody away because I feel like it's important for us to have somebody that's going to be willing to take that, that extra step and, and say, you know what, let me work with you and let me get you on the right path. And, you know, we're going to take this journey together. We're going, you, you're going to become successful. You're going to become wealthy. I'm going to help you get there, you know? And so that's the thing. My next I love it, bro. Wiz. I That's do cool. want to touch on something though, because I I, I don't want to gloss over this. Yeah. You said you're willing to work with people who, even though they aren't in position to work with you at the time, now you're willing to help them out, so that maybe just even in the future, even if it doesn't happen, that right. they understand that you're a person that helped them, and that's something right. that we we preach over here religiously. It's like you have to provide value first. Like even yeah. if it doesn't come back to you, you always want to be providing value. And I love that you do that. You offer that option to our people because that's something that we need to see more yeah. of as a community. Absolutely, man. Because for me, it's like I wasn't given this knowledge and this um, this access just for me, like I said, to just hoard it for myself. Um, there, there has to be a much bigger like vision or a bigger like purpose for it and so you know I, like I tell people all the time I, I don't always try to be deep you know like and try to get all extra spiritual but the, the reality is like we we're not here just for ourselves we're here for for others and so um, I do feel like it's an important you know thing for me to do is even if the person's not in that position let me do the right thing and you know even if it's not them I've had situations where I've helped somebody out and they weren't able to become a client, but they referred me to somebody who had like tons of cash. And you're like, wow, I didn't even know you knew this person, but yeah. <laughs> I am getting introduced to somebody that's a business owner, successful. And I'm like, it came from the person I helped that didn't do any, that didn't give me anything. And right. um, so I think that there's a lot of value in that. It always comes back in some form. And um, so I just, I try to live by that principle. And that that's that abundance mindset. Just whenever you give, what, Whenever you give, it's going to come back. So don't just go out looking for a reward. Like yeah. you said, like sometimes your blessings just come back on you just for being that good person, just giving out your heart. So uh, I do love how you got those examples and how you do that for the community. So I do I commend you on that. Hey, man, appreciate it. And I, I think that's cool, too, because I think a lot of people sleep on that uh, that that added value or that return that ROI that comes from just helping people you know like if you help people you'll never know who you might inspire to help other people who might come back to you like I know uh for example we had him on the, uh on the podcast Andre Andre Hatchet and uh I've up until the podcast had never personally spoken with the man still I've been broke so I haven't been able to buy as many of his products <laughs> as I want but with all that being said the other day I, I have a friend of mine who I know is gonna uh, be proposing soon and so I sent him his uh, his marriage book. And, you know, he didn't ask me to do that or anything like that. But it's like by you providing free value for other people, sometimes they'll refer you to other folks and you don't even know it, you know, yeah. just because of the fact that you were very helpful with them. So I think that's that's really cool. And a lot of people sleep on that. Yeah, man. Hey, shout out to Brother Dre, man. Just <laughs> do, man. episode, what is it, 10? Yeah. Y'all go check that out, man. <laughs> But also, I wanted to ask you, as far as like financial advising, kind of going back and touching on that one, uh, at least for me one more time, how would somebody who's uh, like interested, they've kind of heard how you explained it, how would they like try to, how would you suggest that they get into it, you know? Well, what I would say is the first step is to, um, 
the first step is to sit down and, and actually have a, an initial conversation. I always tell folks that what we do is we do an initial complimentary meeting. So that first meeting, there's no obligation, no cost for it. And what I do is I, I, I share with them kind of my process, how I help folks. And then I ask them some questions around their own personal financial situation. And so um, that is usually the first step. Let's talk, let's figure out what you're trying to accomplish and let's even see if it's, if it's a match. Because there are times where folks are, you know, what they're trying to do, it may not be something that I'm able to help them with. And so trying to get that clarity, understand what they're trying to do, that's the first step. And so I, I tell folks, you know, whether it's on social media, whether it's over the phone, at, at events out in the, in the community, I just tell them, let, let's just have that first meeting. You know, you'll be able to know whether or not it, it makes sense to work with me. And I'll also know whether or not it makes sense to, to work with you as a client. But we won't know unless we have that initial conversation. So I just say, let's, let's take that first, like you said, take action, right? Let's, let's take that first action step. Let's sit down and let's have a conversation and figure it out. And okay. then usually from there, we can talk about the next steps. It's like, all right, if, you, if we decide this is a good fit, then it's like, all right, well, here's what we need to do. I need you to get all of this information. And I give, them a, I give people a list. So I give them homework. I'm like, listen, you're going to have to get all these statements together and all this stuff. We're going to bring it to the next meeting, and we're going to really take a deep dive into your situation. Um, but that's usually what, what I advise people to do. I think that's huge, man. Like, that was definitely going to be one of my questions was like, are you, are you like, with financial advising, like, do you teach people how to do it? And for you to give people homework, allow them to, to kind of learn the process itself, I think that's great for these people because, like, it, it would be easy for me to just say, hey, I got $500,000 in cash. I want you to deal with it. I, I don't want to look at it. But for me to, like, be able to learn what, what I can do, like, let's say I just have, let's just say I have, like, $5,000 and I want to just figure out how can I invest and make it into ten. You know, and yeah. be able to learn those processes. Yeah, I mean, my wife thinks that I'm, that maybe in my next life I'm gonna be a teacher because a, a lot of times what I'm doing is I'm 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 spending a good amount of time in our meetings teaching people different principles. So uh, I posted on Instagram the other day um, the difference between temporary and 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 permanent life insurance because for me, like I I can't take it for granted that people just know this stuff. You, you sometimes you got to teach people so that they understand like, all right, this is why I'm bringing it up is because look, there's a difference between these two things and they, they serve different purposes. So, um, so you're absolutely right. Um, Kelly, I, I, I try to, I try to make sure that I teach people the concepts so that they understand why we're doing what we're doing because it don't make sense for me to just shove this thing, you know, like, okay, this is what we're going to do. And then just like pressure them into doing it. Like, I want you to understand why. You know, it's got to make sense before somebody's going to do it, you know. I like it. Uh, I kind of want to shift gears. I want to, I kind of want to role play just to put out myself and like the listeners in like a scenario. So mm -hmm. say if I were just like a client coming up to you, I work a minimum wage job, um, take, just living paycheck to paycheck as such as the three fourths of America that are doing it. So right. if I was just coming to you, how would you, Give me my advice to get started on like I want to become a, a homeowner in the long run or and I want to get my credit right in the long run. So how would you just advise me and steer me into that that direction to obtain those goals? 
Okay. So I'd be like, well, well Jalen, you, you look, you have to, the first thing that we want to do is we got to get a handle on this budget because uh, to your point, you know, three fourths of America are living paycheck to paycheck. And in order to break that cycle, we have to get a, a strong handle on your budget. And once we understand what's going on on the budget, because that's, you know, I think of the budget as um, blood pressure. You know, a lot of times when people have health issues and they, they have underlying issues, it starts with the blood pressure. And so if you see that the blood pressure is not right, then it, it kind of manifests itself in other areas health wise. So it's the same thing with the budget. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. If we don't take care of the budget, it's going to manifest itself in other things. You're going to start putting stuff on credit cards, right? Mm. You're going to start, you know, you're not going to have enough money saved for retirement. You may not be able to pay for your kid's education. So, but the budget is really the beginning, the starting point. And so let's sit down and, and really work on your budget first. Let's get a handle on that. And once we get a handle on that, then there's going to be other things. It's going to free us up to be able to do other things. We're going to be able to save better for retirement, do other things, reduce your debt, you know, all of that. So um, that, that let's, let, let that be our first step. Let's start there. Okay. I like that, man, because a lot of people overlook budgeting so heavily. That's the skip the step they want to skip, honestly. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. <laughs> I see it as like say you, you cut your arm, like that that's the number one thing, right? So you wanna stop the bleeding. I see I see it's budgeting and stopping the bleeding first. We yeah. can assess the damage after I stop the bleeding. Mm-hmm. Is, I'm true. glad you made that analogy because that's, that's exactly like, I work on the ambulance. <laughs> like that that's exactly how I'm out. Oh, they bleeding? Stop the bleeding. Then we can worry about everything else. Exactly. So yeah. That, that, yeah, that's a great analogy, Kelly. You did that. <laughs> I was going to say, you want to come work with us? <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, so that's that's a message to the followers, too. If you hearing any of these symptoms and they sound like you, stop the bleeding. Yeah. <laughs> and I like how you say you want to, you know, you want to come work. So what if you do have somebody that's like, knowledgeable in finance and finance and areas like that. And they say, okay, I do want to help people. What's the steps to becoming a financial advisor? What do I have to do? Because a lot of people, they probably just think, oh, I could just say I'm a financial advisor and start helping people. Um, I'm going to yeah. just DM West and ask him, can I work with him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, t- I tell people, you know, it's like one of them things where you don't want anybody um, uh, performing a surgery on you if they haven't gone to med school, right? Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, so I'm like, you know, a lot of guys out there, I don't want them to do any uh, financial malpractice, you know, so um, there are some steps and it- it's nothing crazy. Um, I always tell people that if you want to do this career, there are a couple of things you have to do. Um, the first thing is you want to find a company that will sponsor you to take the, the, the exams that you need to take to get certified. And so the, if, if it's whatever organization it is, whatever financial institution, and there's plenty of them out there that will sponsor you to be able to take the exams. You have to take at a minimum your series seven, your series 66, and then you have to take your life and health insurance exam for your state where you're going to be uh, registered in. And so those are the, the exams you have to take to be able to become an advisor. 
And then really, it's just learning the business. It, you know, if you have a, a heart to serve and to, and to help people, that's usually 90% of it. The other 10% is the knowledge. And I think any company that you go to, all of them have their own platforms and their own way of doing things. But uh, all of them will teach you more or less some kind of a business model of how to approach it and to, to build a business. So, Question, have you ever heard of um, a company called Primerica? Yes, I have. I have heard okay, of them. And I, and I think I, I've heard, or from the people that I know that are in there, I think they kind of did the same thing. Like they sponsored them to take the, the test, the series 66 and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I have a couple of friends who uh, work there and um, um, actually one of them, I, I recruited over to Allied Wealth Partners to give him, you know, some more, he was also looking for more flexibility to do more and that, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that there's plenty of organizations out there that will sponsor you to take those exams. So, you know, it's just finding the one that fits and and then and then going for it. That's it. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um. Well, what's okay? So we kind of jump back to the ex- other example. Uh, we know stop the bleeding. You know, I'm working on my budget. Mm-hmm. I have a little bit of disposable income. What's some of the things that you suggest for your uh, clients to invest in or to start purchasing as far as assets, if anything? Well, I always say that we want to start with the the basics first, because, mm-hmm. you know, you got to you got to crawl before you walk. You got to walk before you run. And so um, I always tell folks that the, the first thing is let's look at mutual funds, because, you know, mutual funds is a way to get in it's kind of like dipping, dipping your toe into the water before you jump in. <laughs> you know, uh, a lot of times people want to jump right into individual stocks. And I'm like, well, yeah, you could do that, but you want to understand this investing thing before you, you take that next step. Um, so I always tell folks that you, you would do that first and jump into that initially. And then, you know, of course, over time, as, as you get more comfortable with it, as you become more well-versed, uh, we, we, we diversify, you know, and, and, and so, you know, once you've, once you've stopped the bleeding and you, you, you're, you've got the handle on the budget, we want to immediately start to make sure that our money can work for us and start to grow. Um, and, and you can take advantage of like market up, upswings and things like that. Okay. I'm glad you mentioned uh, mutual funds, Wes, because I did want to ask you about uh, the micro investing trend that's going on right now. So yeah. with apps like Acorns and Stash App, I'm a firm believer in the Stash App. I love it. Yeah. How do you as a financial advisor feel about those types of trends and things like that? Well, I have I have younger clients that are in their mid to late 20s, early 30s. And um, a lot of them love to use Acorn or Stash or any of those uh, micro investing apps. I, I don't have anything against them. And I tell people all the time, like, if, if you want to use that and leverage me as, a, as your coach, that's fine. Um, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. What I do tell folks is that when you do that micro investing, you've got to keep in, in mind that you're not always purchasing a full share of whatever company you're buying because they, they, they specialize in small dollar amounts. So if you're putting $10 every week into it, then you might only be buying like a quarter of a share. And so uh, while in the long term, it'll help you to build up a portfolio, it, it doesn't 
it doesn't diversify your risk. So, yes. so that's the thing. Uh, you you want to you wanna balance between micro-investing and also diversifying your investments. And so that's the reason why I always bring up mutual funds because I know that mutual funds are really the only way to invest in multiple companies all at the same time and to spread out your risk. And so um, even if you buy a quarter of a share of Netflix, if Netflix go down, that, that quarter of a share is going to be worth less. And so, you know, those are the types of things that I want to help guard people against. It's not to not do it. Do it. Uh, absolutely. But you, you want to you make sure there's balance, you know, at, at all times. All right. So I have another question um, with mutual funds. Uh, is there a difference between mutual funds and ETFs? Yes, th there is a difference. Yeah, because mutual funds, uh, those are, uh, well, how, 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 what's the simplest way to describe it? So mutual funds are, uh, you're diversifying across different companies. Um, ETFs are exchange traded funds, and what they do is they trade like a stock. So a mutual fund, when you buy it, you're buying it as of the closing purchase price at the end of the trading day. Mm -hmm. With ETFs, you can buy it all throughout the day because they're more, they're, there's a lot more cash transactions going on in the ETF than there is in mutual funds. And so you can buy that ETF. If it's trading at $10 a share right now, you could buy it right now at $10 a share. Whereas with a mutual fund, you have to wait until the closing of the business day to actually see what you bought it at. And so that's the difference. Um, people ask, is, is one better than the other? I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's just how you want to trade. <laughs> that's all. Yeah. Just your preference. Honestly. Yeah. What's your preference? That's all. It really it's not, there's not much of a difference outside of that. Um, it's just the activity of, of the, the respective you know, mutual fund versus ETF. Okay. And since we're talking about this type of stuff, I want to ask you a little bit about, your take on cryptos also because like they they first they started off making a rally but now you see a lot of big companies starting to buy in to their strategies like you see facebook and you see chase chase JP and Morgan. uh you see mastercard starting to actually start looking into and investing into these cryptos didn't so, over the past week crypto went up like 5k yeah um, like I 8K think to 13. Yeah, I think Bitcoin did end up falling by Friday. Yeah, it fell down significantly by Friday. Yeah, but it, it it's just the fact that other people are starting to look into it. So, what's your take on like crypto and if you do know a lot a lot about it, like how can people kind of like get into it? Okay. Well, um, I, I, my disclosure is um, I, I'm not as well versed in crypto. Mm -hmm. um, I do some re research on it just because I know that people do ask questions. And so one of the things I would share is that I knew once Bitcoin and some of these other um, 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 cryptocurrencies came out, I knew that it was going to be a matter of time before these larger organizations got involved. And the minute that they get involved, the, the market value of it was going to come down. So I said, you know, look, if, if I told people that some of the folks that asked me maybe two, three months ago, I said, if you didn't get in at the beginning, at, at this point, it's too late. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't do it or, you know, I'm not advising for or against it. But, you know, to, to see the kind of gains that people were getting in the beginning, you're not going to really see that again. 
And so um, anytime there's something new, I always say that if you believe in it, you should jump in at the ground floor because once everybody kind of gets involved, then it dilutes it. You know, um, it, it's kind of like if you, if you have a, a concentrated uh, juice, mm -hmm. right? You have a concentrated juice. You, you drink that juice, it's going to be real sweet. The minute you start pour, adding stuff, water, and, you know, you add some other things to it, it dilutes it. And then it, be, it doesn't become as uh, the, the flavor kind of goes away. And so I think it's the same thing with this. As Facebook now launches their own crypto, as, as Chase, JP Morgan does it, it's just going to dilute the waters. And uh, you know, forgive me, I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist, but part of me feels like that's it with intent, <laughs> right? Because all of these companies, um, they, especially the banks, MasterCard and all of them, if the dollar becomes less of a, um, of a preferred method of payment, um, you got to ask yourself, what does that do to those organizations, those companies? And yeah. so that's the other thing too. But just my two cents. <laughs> so as far as like um, our following and our followers, the people listening to the podcast, is there any specific advice that you, I mean, other than budgeting, because we know that that's, hey, y'all, stop the bleeding. But uh, as far as like younger, um, your, is there any specific advice you give to some of your younger clients versus some of your older clients or anybody in between in the middle? Like. Uh, is there anything you would specifically say, like for somebody coming fresh out of college or for somebody that's, you know, 10 years deep in their career already? Yeah, um, definitely. Because for me, I, I look at it as when you're coming out of college, there is there are probably between your 25th birthday and your 40th birthday, there are mm -hmm. probably going to be seven to 10 major financial decisions that you're going to have to make. You know, you have your first job, you got, you know, moving out of your parents' house. You, maybe you get married, maybe you have kids, uh, you might leave a job and start a new job. So there are a lot of different financial events that happen when you're a younger client. And so I try to help younger clients focus on the basics. So it starts with the budget. It starts with protection strategies. So talking about insurance and making sure you have the right levels of insurance. Uh, and then it, it also involves taking full advantage of the benefits through work and then also investing and starting to build that nest egg. When someone becomes a little bit more mature, maybe they're in their mid thirties, late thirties, you know, early forties, it's, it's talking to them about, well, now you have to juggle two worlds. You may have kids that you're trying to take care of, but you might also have aging parents that you have to also consider and think about, well, are there going to be some financial constraints that are going to be heaped on me because of aging parents? So you have individuals that are in that boat that, you know, they call it the sandwich generation because mm -hmm. they're kind of sandwiched between their younger kids and their, and their older parents. Mm -hmm. And then as people become more mature and they're getting into their retirement years, I really start to focus on helping them to, um, to preserve the, the principle of their investments because let's face it, like you, you save all that money, right? And then only to get to retirement and have 2008 happen to you. I mean, Ooh. you, that's, that's the hurt. You know, that's the hurt right there. Yeah. I mean, there were a lot of people that had to delay retirement because of 2008 and it's because maybe it depends on the person, but maybe they didn't prepare to like, all right, let me find out how I can, um, preserve some of this money that I saved. Let me figure out how to reposition.
stuff so that it's not so aggressively invested and it's not, you know, in, in a situation where it's going to just fall. Um, and so those, those are kind of all the things that, um, that, that I'm trying to help people at different stages. And so I, I do give advice. I mean, the advice is still in those three areas of budgeting, protection strategies, and wealth building. But it's just, I, I, I think I focus on different aspects of it, depending on where they are, if that makes sense. Okay. Got you. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's really cool to me that you can like vary it up depending upon the people's ages. Cause I know that's one thing that, um, a lot of, I see a lot online as well as like, even with people that we talk to on the podcast, it's like, there's different, different challenges at each stage, no matter what your age is. Like when you're younger, you're going to have those challenges, like what you were saying, those, those financial decisions. And then once you get older, you still got those other challenges. It's like, okay, kids and the mortgage and stuff like that. And then when you're getting older, it's like, okay, you got older parents to worry about. You got, you know, older family that you're trying to help provide for and you're trying to help make sure they're good and stuff too. So that's really yeah. cool. Yeah, and, and, I think that really speaks to the the importance of having a financial advisor, honestly, because yeah. a lot of people don't think about that different stages of life and just having that extra help from somebody who does this professionally mm -hmm. to really like excel, help you excel whenever you come across these decisions. Yeah. Yeah, and a, a big thing that I do find too is with a lot of these, um, a lot of folks who are transitioning into retirement, the big thing is that people are living longer and mm -hmm. so their money's got to last much longer. <laughs> I mean, it used to be like a financial advisor's job was easier when people weren't living as long because it's like, <laughs> I just need the money to last for like 10 years. <laughs> so now you need it to last like 20 years, 25 years, like people living longer in retirement. So, uh, and then if you're living longer, it's also, health challenges that come up right, too, right, you know, um, is somebody going to have some type of major illness that, you know, cause people, people can live with dementia, right? You can live mm -hmm. with dementia. So yeah. the person can live still well into their nineties with dementia, but there's also the cost of the care that's associated with it. So it's like, you know, and that's just one example. There's a lot of other examples. So yeah, to your point, it, it's good to have, um, a, a financial advisor that will look at all of those things and bring up all of it because you know sometimes there's just things in our blind spot like we just don't even mm -hmm. think about it man like i know even for me personally it's like i don't think about it it's just and then it comes up on you and you're like wow i didn't even realize that this could actually be a thing so yeah and i think that's like i think that speaks to the importance of like especially with what you're doing in our community because i know um it's been a while back but i saw somebody it was either on twitter or on instagram they said something uh to the effect of basically you have black people who are coming out of college getting good jobs you know going into adulthood and they're having you know you know they went through their life they didn't invest a whole lot but they have you know somewhat disposable income but they're having to take care of their parents whereas on the flip side of it you have a lot more like uh, other races that their older parents or grandparents are actually taking care of them or they're giving them money to go start businesses, different things. So it's like by not having, you know, that correct financial advice from the beginning so that you can set up that nest egg and set up all that for when you get older, you're actually disadvantaging your later generations. Yeah, that's a great point because it, it, the, the thing about what I do, I, I, I tell um some of my friends that what I do has a generational impact. It's mm. not just something that I'm helping people right now. Like right. it's going to help 
down the line when you get older and you have kids and your kids have kids, what I'm doing and helping you to do and set up, it has generational impact. You know, you don't want to be in a situation where, um, and that's, and that's why, you know, um, a lot of people get upset with some of the, the politicians that are out there, but there was a politician that once said that the cycle of poverty, the reason why there's a cycle of poverty is because nobody breaks the cycle and says, I'm going to make sure I have a nest egg so that hmm. the next generation coming up behind me doesn't have to bleed their own assets to try to take care of me, you know? Exactly. And then that's how everybody kind of just, that's how we're able to catch up. And that, that wealth gap will never get closed if we don't change the mindset and say, all right, we need, I need to work with somebody. You know, Warren Buffett works with, with, uh, with a financial advisor. He probably has several, <laughs> you know, yeah. anybody that, that is anybody that has wealth is working mm -hmm. with somebody. And that's how they continue to have generational wealth is because they get the right advice and they take action on that advice. And that's how they're able to get to where they're at. I love it, brother. That's dope, man. That makes a lot of sense too. Like a lot of people, bro, you can't, if you don't have the, the financial know-how and the financial literacy to be able to do it yourself. And even if you do, it still always helps to have help to employ somebody that this is what he does. You know, this is what he teaches people on a daily basis. That's always going to be more of an advantage. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, this is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludacris. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Goes back to that, that importance of teamwork. Like mm -hmm. you can't you can't do it all by yourself. You have to be a part of a team because teamwork makes a dream work. Like at the end That's of the it. day, you got one brain. You can only do so much as one person. Yeah. You you just gotta have a team. Yep. Absolutely right. And I always encourage people not only to have me, but uh an accountant, um a lawyer, you know. So all of that. You're not the first person that I've heard actually mention that concept too, like that uh, kind of that financial team to have around you. So what are, what is what would that consist of for somebody like you know an accountant or you know like how do how do you suggest people go about that? Yeah. So the I always I call it the big three. You know, uh, <laughs> you want to have a financial advisor, an accountant, and then you want to have an attorney. Um, and specifically, you want an attorney that understands family law, family planning, and estate planning. Mm. Because those are the things that impact generations. You know, if you have the financial advisor, they're going to implement strategies based on the recommendations that come from your tax accountant. Because your accountant's going to say, hey, you're paying too much in taxes. You got to find investments that are going to help you save from a tax perspective. So then mm. you go to the advisor. Hey, my accountant is saying I'm paying too much in taxes. <laughs> I need some investments to help me shield money or to move money in a non-tax position. No problem. I got you. Um, then it's like, if you're building up the wealth, you have to be able to protect that wealth for future generations. So the attorney will help you set up a trust or help you to set up, you know, your will and do the estate planning that allows you to transfer this wealth for generations. A lot of people don't even realize, and here's like a, just a quick tidbit. You know, if you have multiple properties, 
leveraging a trust to be able to have those properties in so that you can create a, a, a real estate trust. The Walton family, that's what they did. All of their property is in a trust. So mm-hmm. future generations will never sell the property, but the trust will keep generating income for their grandkids, their great grandkids, and so on and so forth. And that's how that generational wealth happens. But the attorney had to help them draw up that trust. And so that's why I always call it, that's the big three. You want that financial advisor, that accountant, and that family law attorney. Um, You can start adding other people to the team. Like once you have that big three in place, you can also add, you know, um, a property casualty insurance agent. Mm -hmm. They'll help you, you know, with, with business insurance and, you know, your car and your home and all of your properties, making sure that they all have the right insurance. So you could add that. Um, and you may even add uh, somebody, an attorney that focuses just on real estate, like helping you to close real estate and do real estate deals. And mm-hmm. then, of course, having a realtor, if you're not going to get your own real estate license yourself, having a realtor as part of your team as well, you know, because if you're building your wealth, real estate is going to be part of your portfolio, you know, and it should be at least. So, yeah. I think that's cool. You you definitely made me a believer. I don't. I never knew about the importance. I guess as far as because uh, I never really me personally. I didn't know exactly what a financial advisor did. Other, I, I thought it was kind of more like a consultant. You know. Yeah. But from everything that you explained to me today, I'm I'm definitely a believer because you you need that team just from the way that you just explained that. That made so much sense. It's like you have one person that you you're actually working. You know, you as the individual, you're working. You know, you got other things on your mind. You got kids and all this other stuff. And it's like you have these other three people who are invested in the best interest of you, you know, at least that big three invested in the best interest of you. And they're trying to help you make sure you put your money in the right places, making sure that your next generations are good and stuff like that. Like, I think we need we need more financial advisors. Hey, folks, I'm calling out for it. Everybody <laughs> y'all go check it out you know, because <laughs> we need we need those conversations at a, you know, at the Thanksgiving table and at the Christmas table talking about, you know, trust. How can we set that up? What do we need to do to get that done? Yeah. You know, so that our next generations are taken care of. That's really cool. Right. Yeah, that's passing cool. money down. I mean, instead of passing money up, we gonna start passing, passing this money down. down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, man. That's you cool. had something to say, Kelly? No, I was just saying that, like, I under, like, I know about trust, but I don't know how to set one up. So yeah. I think a financial advisor and plus having an account and an attorney would be huge for me. You know, this person. I love it, man. Um, we got like two more questions before we wrap up about to come in time. Uh, our last question will be like, so how can someone get started with finding a financial advisor? If they can't get to you directly, how can uh-huh. they say find them a financial advisor and someone that they can actually like trust? Because, you know, you're going to see ads, people doing this or whatever. So what are some things to look for to say, OK, this is the right type of financial advisor I want? Because you need one. That's right. You do need one. And I I always say the first thing is you want to get a referral from somebody who is already working with one. Um, That's usually the first place to start. Um, So if you know, you know, ask around in your circle. Um, If if nobody in your circle is working with one, then you can go to um, what is called FINRA, FINRA FINRA.org. So that's uh, F as in Frank, I-N-R-A dot com or .org actually, um, and you can say, find a financial advisor and put in your zip code. And um, it'll tell you the financial advisors that are in the area. Uh, and then if, you know, if that's still difficult, I mean, you could always try Google. 
uh, you know, Google is still a good tool. Um, you can look up financial advisors in my area and usually a couple of different companies will come up, names will come up. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I would just say ask within your circle first, see if there's people working with somebody. And then if that's not the case, you can use, like I said, FINRA.org or use Google to just search. Uh, because this, I'm sure there are financial advisors in your, within a, a short radius uh, of you. Um, and then the final thing I'll say about that is um, I do tell folks that um, I'm, I'm, I'm multi-state licensed. So I do tell folks if they do want to work with me and they, they can't find someone in their immediate area, then hit me up. <laughs> y'all better hit up West, man. <laughs> y'all got to hit my boy up. He going to get y'all laced up for real. Get you right. Especially with all these gems he done dropped on y'all today. <laughs> okay, my man. So now... We're going to come to our favorite part of the podcast. This is called What's on Your Timeline, man? So basically, we just want to talk about, you know, something that you saw on your timeline feed. It don't matter if it was on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever. Something that was impactful. Something that you feel like others should know uh, what's going on in the world, your community. So you just want to speak on, my brother. Hey, man. So I... I'm I'm a big uh, social media person. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. Um, I was on my Twitter feed uh, this week, and I saw a, a good friend of mine post up an article um, from CNN Business, and it said that BlackRock and Vanguard, these are two of the biggest mutual fund companies in the world, uh, are the largest investors in private prisons. And um, I thought that it was important for my people to know that um, there are companies out there who are heavily invested in private prisons. Um, and when you think about the school to prison pipeline, when you think about mass incarceration and you think about the things that impact our community, it's, it's important to know where your dollars are going. And if those organizations are so heavily invested in private prisons, um, the question is why, <laughs> mm -hmm. and then um, the the next question is well, it, what is the philosophy of an organization that has so much of their money invested in that type of industry, and 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 what does that say about how you view my people? And so um, it opened my eyes because um, I do have I'm a, on my platform. I do have those two organizations on my platform, and so the question is whether or not I want to remove it from my platform. Um, you know, until such a time as they divest from uh, from private prisons. And um, so it was just eye opening for me because um, you, you want to make sure that you know where your dollars are going and, and what is it supporting. And so um, so now I'm, I'm looking at other options, you know, for for clients that are in them. Um, and um, I, I've been finding some other options that are better suited for uh, for, for my community. So. Yeah, that was what I saw on my timeline this week. That's big, man. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that, too, with uh, just those companies, because if everybody, if you haven't watched it, I'm pretty sure almost everybody has Netflix or access to it somewhere or, not, or another. I encourage everyone to watch the 13th uh, documentary by Aina Dunevery. I can't ever say her last name. Yeah. Right. Uh, Either way. Duvernay. Yeah, Duvernay. Yeah. Duvernay. Yeah. Great documentary on the whole mass incarceration, school to prison pipeline, and the private prison system, and to really help you understand the, the 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 not even just the dilemma, just I can't even find a word for it at the time, but just the the whole scope of the problem with this, and the reason you don't want your dollars going there because in America 
black people make up 13% of the population. We make up 25% of the prison population. And we have like the most incarcerated people in the world in this country. So it just, it's something to to look into and like really make sure you understand the problems behind that because we always talking about wealth and building a community. And that's kind of part of the like, where it gets to the point where it's like, we're not going to sacrifice our community for money. Yes. That's well said, man. Well said. And I if think you, it's really cool. If you, you do uh, find a substitute, uh, Wes, let me know, because I do have a, uh, a Vanguard account. And that is, like, huge to me. That's like, surprising. Yeah, I didn't even know. Kelly! <laughs> I didn't even know. So I definitely would like to lose my money if, if you know a substitute that's good. Jerry sounds so hurt. <laughs> Absolutely, man. I, I... Maybe maybe we'll talk offline and I'll 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 point you in the right direction for sure, man. That, that's yeah. I mean Vanguard and BlackRock are two of the largest. I mean I know BlackRock is the largest um, yeah. money manager in the world, so it's not surprising. I mean a lot of us have stuff in those companies, so <laughs> self included. So I'm, I'm a, <laughs> so I'm trying to make sure I, I move and uh, and you know put my money where my mouth is. If I'm saying that I'm supporting my community, I gotta also. Uh, make make some hard decisions and, and move stuff. So, yeah. Hey, well, if you can make us any suggestions, definitely let us know about that because that's, that's a post we need to make. You know, we got to let people know if you got money in, uh, what did you say, Vanguard and, and BlackRock. Black Black Rock. We got to find you some alternatives. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah, Wes. Um, so... Where can the people find you if they do want to like get at you for your services or if they just want to find follow you on Instagram or anything like that? Where can they get in uh, contact with you, man? Yeah. Um, so if you're following me on um, Instagram or Twitter, it's just uh, at Ephon West. So it's my last name, first name. <laughs> um, not, not very creative, but, uh, but it's effective. And um, also on, um, on Facebook, uh, if you look up West Ephon Financial Advisor, uh, you'll see me on, on Facebook as well. And of course, on LinkedIn, just look me up with my first and last name. Um, but that's how people can find me. Um, you know, uh, all of my information is on all of those platforms. So my cell phone, my, my office number, my website, everything is on there. So, yeah. Oh, dope, my brother. Appreciate you yeah, for coming through. We appreciate through you coming us, through, man. man, giving us this knowledge, putting us on game. Y'all take y'all money out of BlackRock and Vanguard because they're trying to keep us locked up. <laughs> for real, man. <laughs> Thank and you, y'all. Make sure y'all go get that big three too. Go get that team started. Yeah, you know start working on it. And um, Stop the bleeding, get a team. And I don't think he means like just you know just throw all of them together at one time if you don't have the money. But uh, definitely just start working on putting your team together. That's right. Most definitely. <laughs> <laughs> we genuinely appreciate you coming on here, man. We definitely gonna have to stay in touch with you. Uh, we gotta, we gonna DM you, talk to you about some more stuff. Gotta Absolutely. get you linked in with our uh, our Black Wolf Renaissance gear and all that yeah, stuff man. too, man. Yeah. Definitely. But, uh, definitely, man. Appreciate you, my brother. All right, we're coming through and dropping gems on the Black Wolf Renaissance family. Yeah, man. Y'all uh, got a little house cleaning items always to address. Uh, y'all tune in y'all thank well thank y'all for tuning in we appreciate y'all for constantly yeah, yeah. rocking with us helping us grow we're just doing it for you guys uh we appreciate the reciprocation we get from putting out this information Man. uh y'all go to our website we got all type of tools 
uh, and tricks for y'all to learn. We got realtors. Oh uh, man, we might have to get us a financial advisor directory in that oh, thing. Man. Like, man. This, oh, is, man. this is some stuff that we gotta get. So yeah, y'all tune in blackwealthrenaissance.com. Uh, y'all follow us on Instagram uh, at, Black- at blackwealthrenaissance. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter at BWR underscore movement. Yeah. We also on Facebook. Uh, we on YouTube. Yeah, we on YouTube. Y'all make sure y'all subscribe to the YouTube. Uh, hey, and also guys, please give us a rating out on, on Apple Podcasts. Please give us a rating. And we yeah. trying to help Rating and reviews. We trying to help it grow. We want to know what y'all like, what y'all don't like. Also, we just set up the Patreon account, so now y'all can become Patreons. Uh, what's that link, Kelly? It is... Patreon slash B the BWR. Patreon.com slash B H E B W R. And and this is for these the people that listen that want the extra content. You want the extra behind the scenes of BWR. You want to know some extra information about us. We we got that information for you. Please subscribe to our, our Patreon. Yeah, man. Yeah. I think that's pretty much it. So this is Blackwell the Renaissance signing out. Peace. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.